Hey, before we get on to this new episode, if you're looking to add more science-based tools to your teaching, I want to give you a two-week free trial of the VIP membership. Two weeks, 100% for free. You'll get access to a host of workshops, including ones on sciatica, total knee replacements, uh, tennis elbow, and so much more. Okay, In fact, you'll also get to join live workshops every single month, and I'll provide you research reviews, programming support, tons of Pilates classes, and a host of other resources to help you become the best instructor possible. Go ahead and start your two-week free trial with the link in the show notes, and if you decide it's not for you, no problem. You can cancel at no cost, and you'll just end up getting some free education along the way. But if you love it and you want to keep it, you can do so for as low as $1 per day. You have no risk. And by starting your free trial, you might just expose yourself to the best education of your career. With that said, let's get on to this new episode. Welcome to the Evidence-Based Pilates Podcast, and I have an incredible guest lined up for you today. We are going to talk all things athletic-based Pilates with Cam Anthony. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Cam. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible to have you. I've been watching your content um, on Instagram for a long time, and uh, all the athletic-based uh, stuff that you bring on is right up my alley. Anyone who's taken athletic reformer definitely knows that. Um, but but for a, a listener who um, hasn't had the pleasure of meeting you, um, would you mind um, introducing yourself, like telling us what your story is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously I've got a pretty broad accent and um, sometimes it gets broader. It just kind of depends on the, the mood that I'm in. Um, I'm in Sydney, Australia. Um, I call myself an athletic reformer instructor because I, I guess I teach um, a pretty contemporary and fitnessy based style of reformer Pilates while still applying the Pilates principles uh, predominantly. I teach at a studio called Hit Pilates, um, which I, I, yes, it, it combines high intensity interval training and reformer Pilates. And it is just, it just, just absolutely so much fun. Um, I have had the time of my life since I started working here. And um, while I have worked across other studios, this is just the place that I feel very, very much aligned with. I'm, I'm really, really lucky. Um, so that, yeah, that's where I'm teaching at the moment. Um, I'm teaching there full time. Um, I was there this morning. I'm there. I love it so much. I'm there training when I'm not teaching. I was there at the crack of dawn working out and it was just amazing. And, you know, um, so I guess that that's a little bit about me now. Um, I can, I can tell you about my background if you, if you want to hear more, because there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. Well, you know, I'm, uh, it's my birthday. Actually, it's my birthday this week. I'm, I'm 37. So I've been around the block <laughs> a, a few times. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> my, and my background was, you know, growing up, um, like a lot of little girls in the 90s, uh, I, did, I did ballet. I did a lot of ballet. I was obsessed with ballet. But you know what? I was terrible at it. I was, I, I was a very, very hardworking, diligent practitioner, but I was terrible at it because um, uh, with, with ballet, you've got to have some level of, of natural, some sort of natural ability. And I have, I have zero, like none. My, my legs didn't turn out. I was, you know, I was always that little girl that the teachers would tend to ignore um, because I was so bad. I would fail my exams and people would feel sorry for me, but I just, I pressed on, I pressed on and I got a little bit better. Um, but in the end, uh, having wanted to be a professional dancer, but I was not good enough, I kind of left that behind. 
and I felt like I was ejected completely from the movement space because I had nowhere that I belonged. Um, and then I took a really big break, really big break. Uh, and then I found in my late 20s, I found vinyasa yoga, fell in love with vinyasa yoga and I'm learned to teach that. And then that sort of started to branch off into other movement modalities. I started to go, well, I, well, I think I think there's more. I think there's more I want to do. I think there's more I want to explore. And I love teaching. There's more I want to teach. Um, so then I started to become interested in Pilates, reformer, mat, bar. I was then randomly off Instagram recruited to go and teach pole. I had never, I'd never seen a pole. I hadn't, um, but I, I was flexible and I was strong. So I ended up teaching low-level pole. Um, and so just across the years, I've just taught a, a variety of movement modalities and I've seen people of different ages, um, different shapes and sizes, different movement backgrounds. And I just, yeah, I just absolutely love helping them discover uh, how much they can do, how much they can do, how much they can achieve. And uh, it, it, look, I, I, I'm passionate about Pilates. I'm obsessed with it. I never stop talking about it, but it's obvious that I'm a movement enthusiast. So I love movement and I love bringing movement to people um even my first job was a ballet teacher even though I wasn't a good ballerina I was a really good teacher because I was good at at, at bringing the movement to, to people and inspiring them to want to to do it which I think is what as teachers we need to do we need to as we need to inspire people right yeah so yeah. I guess that's a little bit about me that's in a nutshell and I mean there's there's a big long story there's lots of stories but I could talk and talk and talk as I'm sure you could yeah, so I made a podcast. I'm like, yes. well, I, mean, I love I'm like, something to talk. I'm going to talk to the ether. No, but there, yeah. there's so much in that, and and it's and it's. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your um, your movement background, in which you have experience in multiple uh, modalities, and and like your experience with ballet is such a good example of like you don't have to do the thing to teach the thing. It's helpful if you're familiar with the thing and to be familiar, you should at least try to do the thing. But like, I couldn't do tendon stretch for eight years. Mm. I still taught it. Right. It just wasn't, just don't ask me to demo. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then, and then fun fact, I have to say it. Uh, my mom actually owns a pole studio. Oh. Um, and, and I did, yeah, no, I did pull. I used to have one in my living room when I, in my twenties. Oh, you'd be great. You'd be great at it. Oh, it was really fun that when you order like pizza or Chinese food and then there's just, it was, it was right by my front door. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. oh much God. respect to that. And anyone who's never tried it, you just have to do it at least once in your life. Um, in I, agree. Your, I agree. I agree. It's a humbling and uh, painful experience. But uh, <laughs> super good. Um, yeah. That was like one of the best shapes I was in my life was when I was doing pole. Because when I do I, something, I would like, that's a bit. Yep, yeah. I agree. I was the same. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, don't worry. I, we're not bringing them in the Pilates studio, even though that would be an interesting uh, mix. But like, I think it, it's so, um, it's definitely uh, hits my bias, uh, my personal experience as well of like the value of having um, like a multimodal movement background, meaning that you have played or have had experience in different modes of fitness, and then also having experience in Pilates. And, and I'm curious, like, how has your experience in Pilates and bar and yoga and uh, dance and uh, pole, uh, like, how has that impacted your work as a Pilates instructor? It, it has, it's, it's had a huge impact, actually, because mm -hmm. it's, it's really, sh oh, God, it's just, it's an incredible thing. You know, people, 
I've, I've had people look at me and say, oh, you're, you're a strong practitioner or you're, you're super strong. You must do a lot of Pilates. But I guess my secret has been that I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of, a lot of different, different movement styles. And that has really opened me up to becoming stronger because as I, I said to you before, I'm not a natural talent. And you could just ask my ballet teacher from a child. I was awful, terrible, no natural talent, just really determined. And it's, the reason I'm strong at Pilates is because I cross train. I do different things. But then my own teaching has benefited from teaching different movement styles because I would walk into a pole studio and I would have women walk in that had never exercised, um, that were, you know, that had never exercised and that were not uh, familiar with lifting their body weight. But within a few weeks in a safe space, I had them lifting themselves off of the ground. And this has shown me in my teaching of Pilates that we are, we are resilient. We are strong. We can do a lot of cool things. And I, I really do bring that to my classes. So I teach, sometimes people call me intense, a strong workout. And some of the stuff people might say, oh, you know, that's, that's a bit crazy even. But I have seen what people can do. I've seen what people can do time and time and time again. I'm not just talking once. I'm talking from observing bodies over the years. And I, I'm not talking about athletes either. So it's shown me that human beings are resilient. We're anti-fragile, anti if, you, if you will, and we want to move. We want to move. And so having taught across different modalities has shown me that, you know, I'm not, I'm not conservative in the Pilates space. I'm really creative, actually, and I'm unashamedly creative. And that's the way I like to be. That's, that's my style. And I'm very much okay with that. And I get that not all people are going to love that. That's fine. But, um, I, I, yeah, I guess my... my mixed background has really, really impacted the way I teach uh, very much. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it sounds like it. And, and there's nothing wrong with being like a niche and being like, well, I know that's not for everyone, but I'm really good at yeah. this. And I really like this. Uh, niche is a filter. Like I'm niche. Oh. I'm a science-based instructor. So if yeah. you don't like science, like, and that's fine. It's yeah. not for everyone. It's just a filter. And it's, you're, it's okay to be authentic. And, and something that you really hit the nail, uh, the nail on the head with was talking about like, like providing, like, like believing in your clients and providing the permission. And when you do that, like they can do incredible things. And permission is like a hell of a drug, um, you know, to provide someone in, and, and which, which kind of like leads to my curiosity of how, like, like what is like athletic based Pilates mean to you in comparison to non-athletic based Pilates? Yep. yep. Look, I, <laughs> oh. I think because that it's kind of an evolving style, right? And I think it's going to be different to everybody. I think people will define it differently, um, differently to everybody. But for me, it is, yes, I'm teaching Pilates. I'm using the reformer. I'm using the apparatus and I'm using Joseph Pilates exercises, but I'm also giving myself permission to draw from other other modalities, um, maybe strength training, maybe bringing in some weights, um, maybe some cardio fitness. And that will mean getting off the reformer most of the time. It's going to mean getting off the reformer um, and, and fusing that into this experience that, that people are having, which no, it's, it's not classical, but it's, um, it's, it's movement-based. It's movement-based. It's human movement-based. So it, it, it comes from a place of human beings being made to move, um, less lying down perhaps than you might see in, a, in, a, in an ordinary Pilates class, more weight-bearing, weight maybe a more of a, a, a focus on some of the, the primary functional movements, those being in there as well. Um, 
a focus on agility, you know, which is very much, it's not really, <laughs> Pilates tends to be more low impact and slow and controlled, but I think human beings were made to be agile creatures. I'm just thinking about cavemen here, you know, going hunting, that sort of stuff, climbing trees, that sort of stuff. I want to have a body like that. That's, that's, that's the body I want to create for myself and for my clients, this able body. So for me, that is athletic Pilates, a body that is ready for anything to take on anything and to have these skills that are transferable to any discipline. So no matter, no matter what I do now, whatever it is, if I walk into a, a fitnessy or a movement space that I haven't been in before, I know I'm going to be okay because of the way that I train and the way that I train my clients. People always say, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> I do everything. <laughs> so yeah, I guess, you know, for me, that <laughs> it's a very, very long-winded explanation of what athletic is but i could dive even deeper and i could talk to little little points around that as well yeah and and it's you know it's 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 nice to like have a definition because if you're going to talk about athletic based pilates it could mean like one thing to me one thing to you and another yep. thing to to a listener and, yeah. and it sounds like for you it's it, it's about generating like more movement options for an individual yes. and as you mentioned getting them ready to do the things they want to do right yes that 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 is it for me. And, and then a little bit beyond that, I mean, sometimes showing people the incredible things that they can do that maybe they didn't realize they could do based on these incredible bodies that they have and this strength that they can cultivate if they just take a second to believe in themselves and have a consistent movement practice that doesn't yeah. just involve, you know, lying down all the time. Um, Absolutely. And, and dear listener, like one thing I would say is like, this is, um, and I, I feel very similarly to getting people up and stuff like that. It's just like, oh. it's another way to win. Like there's so many ways to yeah. win. And, and, it's, and I, I love the OG repertoire and stuff like that, but I do also get bored of the OG repertoire. And I know that the argument will be like, well, you didn't go deep enough. It's like, no, it's just the same. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I, I've actually gone too deep where I've realized that there's more um, yeah. into yeah. just other movements and, and it's okay to like, to have inspiration from uh, a con it's really a contrology repertoire yeah. and yeah. then build upon it. And, and a lot of times, like what really like uh, makes me like twitch a little bit is like when it's like, oh, Pilates is slow and control. That's the true stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. no, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, Pilates is herky and fucking jerky. Like if you want to go to like contrology, mm -hmm. like if you <laughs> actually want to go to the source, there's nothing slow and controlled about that shit. Like you mm -hmm. need to watch the films. There was, it was herky, it was jerky, it was not cute. Yeah. Um, and that's not even talking about the hands-on assist. Yeah. And so, but it's not wrong to go slow and controlled, right? Mm. But sometimes there's this idea of like um, self-perceived superiority of like, I teach this way slow and controlled because that's the authentic Pilates. But I'm like, I don't know if anyone really teaches the authentic Pilates. I'm not, and not anyone, right? But I think it's a lot more rare. And, and so I think we're all kind of, having our offshoots based on our experiences and utilizing Pilates repertoire as a foundation or yeah. something to be inspired from. And so getting people upright and things like that is, is freaking awesome, right? That's, that's where we spend a lot of our time anyways. And yeah. so if you want to do more athletic stuff, you, you do need to get off your back because um, yeah. sports yeah. are going off your back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's an athletic style, then yeah, nothing against, I love, I love footwork. <laughs> I love feet in straps. I love it. Gosh, I'm, I'm a Pilates instructor. I love it. Um, but if you, if you're wanting to, to give what, what I would consider an athletic workout, yeah, have, have, a, have them up a bit, 
have them up moving, maybe get their heart rate up a little bit, have them maybe sweating a little bit, um, that type of vibe. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think it really goes down to like providing client, client-centered uh, care. Yeah. Right? And so if clients, like, like a lot of times clients will come in and they'll, want a, like a, they'll have a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Their goal might be, you know, I want to get stronger and stuff mm. like that but then like in like to do that like to, to provide like our duty of care is to be honest and to provide them the results that we can within our scope of practice yeah. and so applying something like progressive loading is our due diligence mm. and so and so that, that's just one of the that that's just like a baseline argument of like oh well like maybe like if a client comes in and they say like no i want more i want more strength i want to increase my endurance or whatever like mm-hmm. going towards more of an athletic route, like makes a lot of sense because you are upright. Um, mm-hmm. You can add strength training principles such as mm-hmm. progressive loading, um, or like you mentioned that you um, that you add weights, right? Um, yeah. In regards to adding weights, um, tell me more about that. Like, how do you incorporate it? Why do you do that? Yeah, well, it needs to be obviously carefully done <laughs> you need you need to safely incorporate weights but um at my studio we tend to have yeah we have a moderate moderate weight selection so i know you guys work in pounds we're, we're in kilos so what's a, a pound anyway uh, it's we 2.2 having... 2.2 pounds per kilo i'm so good at this now i've been working international for years i bet you i bet you are so like we go we start at two kilo dumbbells and then we go up to I think it, I, I think at one of our studios we've got a couple of twenty kilo dumbbells, and obviously they're not used that often because we're on a moving reformer. Yeah. But we also do offer reformer work, so the weight training is there because. Uh, look, I I really I do think that if you if you want to build a substantial amount of strength, you get to a point where the pulley system, in itself, might not be enough. Might not be enough. Just, just for I'm just saying, not for everybody, but for myself, it wasn't. It wasn't enough. I was starting to personally plateau a little bit, so I just decided, you know, I'm going to experiment a little bit with adding, adding some load to some of this stuff. Um, also, what we do at our studio at Hip Pilates, we'll often spend a little bit of time off the reformer doing dedicated weight training, and then coming onto the reformer and doing more, I guess, more of the repertoire. But that's where I kind of get a little bit of cre- creativity in. And I will sometimes push the limits and add a little bit of heavy load. Now, you have to be careful because we're on a moving carriage. <laughs> Obviously, we're on a moving carriage and often it will, we're on unstable surfaces and people will be able to lift less. But if you do it intelligently and you have practiced for many, many hours and been to many classes and taught many classes, you start to figure out what can work. And what I've noticed in my own practice and in my clients' practice is that I'm having really great results by sporadically adding in, you know, sometimes some slightly heavier load, sometimes some slightly heavier load if done well, if done intelligently. You know, you have to understand how to safely teach it. Um, it's not rocket science, though. Do you know what I mean? And we were, we were made to, to pick up weights. Um, we, were, we were made to, to carry heavy load. And it's, it's, it's good for our bone density. Like, it's, it's good for our health and especially as we get older you know, and as women, as we get older as well. Um, I think for a long time, people were afraid of adding substantial load because we wanted these long, lean muscles. Um, but, you know, I, I I don't even know what a long, lean muscle is sometimes. I'm just kind of like, I, 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 I lift heavy and I'm, I'm not, I'm not a large, I don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you know what I mean? Um, so 
yeah, I mean, each to their own, but I found that adding adding load in intelligent ways to reformer training and a little bit of off reformer has really great kind of strength results, strength gain results, if you want to build strength. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. My only ask of you as a listener is to leave a five-star review. Leaving a review helps this podcast grow and have a greater influence on the Pilates industry. I do this 100% for free. I do not and will never accept advertisements on this podcast. It is 100% for free. And you can go ahead and make a huge difference and allow this to grow by leaving a five-star review. Absolutely. Like it's, um, it's really hard to accidentally get ripped. Like I, like I've been purposely trying to get ripped and it's Uh not happening. Uh 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 Right. And so, so like the, the style that you're referring to, I was first introduced to this when I worked for John Gary back in two, oh God, 2000 something, 18. He's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Cause I was going to Cal State Long Beach and the studio was right next door and he reached out to me. And anyways, I started working for him and that was the first time I saw studio, like a Pilates studio with real weights, real mm-hmm. weights, meaning like they weren't like the Amazon ones that are like highlighter colors. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. like freaking, they were like Thor's hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was, but it was exactly what you're talking about. It's like, go do the Pilates thing. It was Stott. So it was like start, start repertoire. Yeah. And then get off the reformer and go lift some heavy things. Yeah. Now get back on the reformer yeah. and you cycle through it three, four times. You're a sweaty mess. You got your yeah. workout. Yeah, and you're good, and and that's just one of like many ways to win, and that's not a superior way of exercising right. in any way, shape, or form. But if we have clients coming in three times a week, and like that's the only exercise they do, and all we do is like typical Pilates repertoire. This isn't poo pooing on Pilates repertoire. This is just identifying uh, faults or identifying limitations. Yeah. They don't meet activity guidelines. Like that person does not meet yeah. activity guidelines, and they pay yeah. like a thousand dollars a month to go do Pilates. Well, yeah, um, that's, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like I'm, I'm thinking as well, we're not, okay. So most of us are just normal human beings. We're not athletes. Like I'm not a ballet dancer. I was a terrible ballet dancer. As I said, I most of us, yeah, most of us are not athletes, but we, we are really needing movement and we have limited time and we have limited money. So if we're going to move, you know, three times a week for 50 minute sessions, how can we optimize our time? and get some of the incredible benefits of Pilates because Pilates is genius, but also get some of the incredible benefits of, of some cross training, like maybe some weight training or maybe some cardio training. I'm, I'm talking getting your heart rate quite up high. So your breath is like, you know, you're, you're breathing in, you know, maybe in and out through your mouth and you're looking like a, a bit of a mess. Um, that's good for you. It's good for your heart and your lungs. You know what I mean? And then try running up the stairs for, for a train or, or running for a bus. No problem. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, yeah, I really, I feel like in combining movement styles, it's offering something to people who maybe don't have, have, have the time or the resources to go to a, a classical session and then go to a weight training session and then go to a cardio session. Um, but they want to move, you know? Yeah. And that's part of the beauty of like where we are in the Pilates yeah. in, in the Pilates industry in terms of just timeline, like, right. Like there's like contrology and then a classical era and then like contemporary and now we're like, we're here in this like like this like postmodern era, yeah. And, and there's just there's so many ways to experience it. And I've just talked to like non Pilates friends, just like friends, and mm. they get bored. They find Pilates boring, so they don't do it, right? And and it's not that Pilates is boring, and and it's not that like any dear listener, it's not that your sessions are boring. It's that people get bored. 
the different things. Right. People, and people they, they would get bored with mine too. And like, if we don't, it's like, if you don't entertain someone, they're not going to come in. Like if you don't make it something they like. And so if you have like as many variations of Pilates as possible, you're going to capture the most interest as possible. And this is like one of many ways. Like, I don't want to go to a slow and controlled class. I get bored. Like I, I need to move, like I need to move and I want like, and I don't want a private lesson. Like I don't want what you're one-on-one attention. Yes. That's just my bias. Like I just want to be in a room of 20 people and like go kick ass. Yes. And uh, yeah. And like, I'm not showing up if it's only five of us and it's like this intimate setting with no music. I don't want to be here. No, Um, no, no. That's, that doesn't mean that it's wrong. There's just personal um, preferences. And then within the personal preferences, it's like, it's, it's helpful. Like if your personal preference is athletic based, we should, ha- then you really you do really need to know some exercise principles, right? Because now you're pulling in more like for like what people will say, like personal training stuff. And you mentioned like yeah. cardio, for example, yeah. and, and cardio is something that's not taught in Pilates. Like it, yeah. it's just, it's not a really part of the repertoire, no. um, like say, to get significant cardio. And so yeah. if you were trying to bias cardio, like in a class, like what kinds of things or decisions uh, do you make, Cam? If I really want to make it what I would call a cardio-based class, I would have them, what we do in our, we call them sweat classes. We start them off the reformer for 12 minutes and we have them doing pretty much pure cardio intervals for 12 minutes using their body weight. Body weight, cardio, so I'm talking about, I don't know, it could be, could be um, jumping lunges and it's high impact, <laughs> you know, that it can all be modified to be low impact, but, uh, but, but some of it is high impact. Um, it could be, it could be burpees. Oh, you know, <laughs> katsuks, it could be burpees, something that is going to get the heart rate elevated. Um, and, uh, you know, if a burpee isn't suitable, anything that takes your hands up over your head and you're moving and you're moving and you're moving. So we, I would start people off the reformer. Then when we have them on the reformer, they're already exhausted. So in that reformer session, they're recovering then I have the power to draw from maybe some of the original repertoire, bring in something like a gorgeous long stretch or a plank sequence or a side plank sequence, let them recover a little bit, but start to tap into, you know, their deep core muscles. Um, You know, I know deep core is, everyone hates that, but it is what it is. Um, And then I would be then using the machine in ways that I know might elevate their heart rate sporadically. So I don't really think anything is going to do the same as the off reformer movement. But if you use, for example, heavy resistance um, and some functional movement, pushing, pulling, um, you know, heavy knee stretches, that sort of stuff, that sort of thing is going to keep the client's heart rate up and make them tired, um, make them breathless, make them sweaty. it, again, it won't have the same impact as, as the off reformer stuff. It won't, and and I know that. But you could combine it. You could even. I had people do um really heavy footwork for you know fifty seconds and off the reformer and jump squats, okay. Um, and that really will, that'll spike your heart rate. That's going to get your heart rate up, down, up, down, up. That type of thing. No. So know what effectively spikes people's heart rate, and it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily what you think. It's not necessarily a burn. It's not necessarily something that's just hard. It's it's something that gets your heart rate up, usually up-down movements, usually standing movements, that sort of stuff. So it'll be a marriage of, of different of different things. And I've seen you, you know, on your page will do similar things. You'll say, yeah, sometimes get off the reformer, right, if you want to get the heart rate up. Like every 
class. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I just, our every athletic base class I have. Yeah. You know, well, exactly. If that's your goal to get the heart rate up, get them up, get them up. Yeah. yeah. Like something like that. You hit the nail on the head. It's like just getting like staying vertical. Right. And I know, I know, I know there are some jump board lovers, but your jump board burns your quads. So it's like quadriceps endurance. That's right. And so, so one thing is like, you want to give people vertical, you want to move as many body parts as possible, as fast as possible. And also if your feet are, your feet should be on the floor. Because if your feet are on the floor, you can pick them up off the floor and bring them back on the floor, like walking, running, skipping, lunge, hopping lunges, things like that. And 12 minutes sounds really hard. You can do it for 12 minutes. And, and sometimes I'll even just do like three minutes. Like we'll do this cardio thing, long stretch series, then come back and do a cardio thing. And then like whatever on the reformer. And there's so many ways um, to win. And, and it's just like a small decision like that to bias cardio. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if, if we're going to bias cardio, I'm just going to make this informed decision to get this response. Mm -hmm. And it's not for everyone. Not everyone wants that. People are running away from cardio, so they'll never sign up for that class. And then some yeah. people love it. And those are the only classes that they'll take. Yeah. And everything in between. But then there's like the, the, um, the devil's advocate aspect of that is like, now we're blurring the lines of like, what, like, are you calling that? Pilates, how dare you? Mm -hmm. And then like pitchforks come up at mm -hmm. the front door and they're like, this is not true. Pilates, like how do, how do you um, manage that? Is that meaningful to you in any way? I, I think there's room for lots of different movement styles and I don't think one is better than the other. And I, um, you know, sometimes I question my Instagram handle is athletic pilates sydney and sometimes i think maybe maybe because i teach a hybrid style of movement i shouldn't have pilates in it but then because i have i've connected with so many like-minded practitioners and like-minded teachers and, and clients i've had people find me and go i love what you do i yep. want to come in and practice with you um but i'm i'm not too concerned because i work for a studio called hip pilates and my boss has intentionally gone this is what we're doing we're doing something that is a little bit off center. It's high intensity interval training and it's Pilates, which will freak some people out. People will go, what is that? Is that a, it, how does that even work? But because it's in our name, I'm not so concerned because if anyone has ever said, and I've had feedback from my classes before, low ratings to my class, she's intense. I said, well, high intensity interval training Pilates, that is the name. So that's what I'm putting myself out there as, and that's what I'm known as. And people that know me know that I teach a strong session and respect that I teach a particular style of session. And again, respect because it's not going to be for everybody. So I get that what I do isn't pure Pilates, but it doesn't mean that what I do and who I am is not worthy um, or effective. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that. That's just like, well, this is what I do and I'm going to keep doing it and I'm good at it. And it's, and it's a filter, right? It's like, if you signed up for a high intensity class, you're going to get high intensity. Um, huh. and, and I've had, you know, similar, uh, feedback before. And it's just like, not everyone's going to like you, but who cares? Like, you don't like everyone at, you don't like everyone anyways. Like, that's what I always kind of fall back on. And, and there's, and what's also really cool is like, if we, like, I just love like looking at some OG, um, YouTube videos 
And uh, you'll catch one or more than one of Joseph Pilates out there in the field, having people upright, doing cardio, doing stuff that if you saw at a studio, you'd say that's not Pilates. And, and, it, and it really just, it really um, expands like my viewpoint of like what, what may or may not be deemed as Pilates. And that's only when I'm in the headspace of like, I gave a shit. And I usually don't because at the end of the day, it's like, I would much rather be known as a non Pilates instructor who helped a ton of people become better versions of themselves and give better movement options. And I think the best filter of like, are you doing a good job is the feedback of your customers, whether they're other Pilates instructors, whether they are Pilates participants being clients and things like that. And, and I really feel like that, that should hold like any listener out there who ever questions themselves, like that should hold way more value than any other instructor's opinion of if, if you're Pilates. Well, let's think about the context of life and being life being short. And why are we, why are we here? If not to serve others and, and help them become happy. And, you know, our classes fill up for a reason because we're helping people um, find joy in movement. I know that. I know we're helping people find joy in movement and we're helping people. And you would have had this too, this feedback that comes that says, you know, Cam or Adam, I am the strongest version of myself since I've started taking these classes with you and you have, you have believed in me and you have coached me. And that is why we do what we do, isn't it? It's why we keep coming back. It's why we keep getting up at stupid o'clock. It's why we, we spend so much time um, studying what other teachers do and, 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 and spending time on choreography. It's because we are there for the people. We are there for the people and it's working. What I do works for me and it works for my clients. And, and you know, it's I think there's space for lots and lots of different styles. And you sort of said it before. You said, you know, um, what we're doing by offering variety is making this more accessible to a wider range of people. So people that may not be able to afford it, maybe for people that just are not interested or wanting to do the classical stuff, or maybe the classical stuff is not um, for their bodies. They would prefer to do um, something that is a slightly more functional workout. And, and that is okay. I think variety is, is key because if we didn't have variety, the world would be so boring. If we did all the same stuff, wouldn't it be boring? We die of boredom. Yeah, yeah. There, this, uh, you know, humans are made to to experience variability. We're mm. we're made to have variable approaches to a same task, which is oftentimes based on contextual um, or just just context of the task. Mm. Um, and so, with that, it's one of the best things we can ever do is give give our clients like as many movement options as as possible. Yeah. And, and there's just this line that I just want to speak to of like, a, like I can imagine if I were a listener, but I'm like, but why are you calling it Pilates? Right. Yeah. And then that kind of begs like the, whoa, like, like the reason why people keep asking what is Pilates is because there's no fucking definition. Right. Mm. And so it's yeah. like, we're all just operating from people like beliefs that we like. Yeah. Um, and it's a difference between calling something contrology and calling something Pilates. Contrology mm. is like return to life. Like that's how, like I would be like totally on board with that. Like that's yeah. the man's work. And yeah. then like everything else is contrology inspired. Pilates is contrology mm -hmm. inspired. Yeah. And where yeah. I'd go with this is like, I would much rather work, I would much rather operate from the thought process of the genius behind 
the exercises, mm -hmm. then just mm -hmm. regurgitate the, or maybe or then just repeat the exercises and understand the system. Because yes. the exercises, the genesis of the exercises were to, to solve a problem for a client. Mm -hmm. So when a client comes in with a problem, right? Like JP is out there making an apparatus for them. Now I'm not going to make an apparatus, but I'll make up an exercise to help someone mm -hmm. with a problem. And it's like, like, how can you tell me that's not Pilates? Like then, like to me, like that's, that's the essence of what Pilates mm -hmm. is, is it's oh. creating functional movement for the person in front of you. And we have this repertoire, which is such a great framework, but mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but if I have an osteoporotic client, they need like, that's actually what they're not supposed to do. Excessive bending and twisting. Yeah, that, that was something else. I um, when I I got a disc issue, I got a disc injury, and I I refused to stop going to Pilates classes because I'm just obsessed with going to Pilates classes. But what I found was, basically, I couldn't do any, most of it. I couldn't do any of it, and I I just so I I that taught me a lot because I am not someone that has even had a broken bone before. I'm not someone. What what it made me realize um was there are different ways of moving for different bodies and different types of movement will suit different bodies at different times in their lives. You know, yeah, flexion, loaded flexion and twisting, all my favorite things to do. They were out for quite some time with my disc issue, but it meant I had to figure out other ways to work. And and, and often I would go to classes and, and teachers in the name of alignment would try and move me into different shapes. And that would hurt hurt me. That would hurt me and that would make make it yeah. worse so that opened my eyes up a little bit to a few things there's there's more than one way of doing a thing there's more than one way of moving and different human bodies need different things at different times in their lives in their journeys and we, we should be open to that i think yeah and a lot of times your clients have the answer as well yeah that's so right for example someone who's having an, a symptomatic disc injury, because I, I am aware listeners that there's plenty of asymptomatic, but their symptomatic yeah. ones also exist. So if you're having a symptomatic disc injury, your client's going to know, like, you're <laughs> not going to make that any better. Like you are not like doing some exercise to bring it back in. You're going to, you're, you are banking on spontaneous regression. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so you do like a symptom modification and like your clients a lot of times have the answer to that. Yeah, they do. Does, uh, like, does this hurt you? <laughs> Yes or no. Does it, does it hurt? They'll know straight away. They'll go, ah, they know, they know because it's that type of response that happens with, with that type of, and so they'll tell you, and then you work with them and then you'll figure out what they can do. And, um, this is one good, great thing about Pilates, you know, it will meet you where you are. So I was, was showing up to classes with this injury. I couldn't do any flexion, but I, I knew that I, what I could do, I could do a plank. So I worked everything around that. <laughs> so everything I did, I would work around what I could do. Um, so I, I think as well, yeah, looking at look the clients in front of us and saying, okay, I, the first thing I say when they're injured is, okay, well, what can you do? What can you safely do? And what have you got clearance to do? Okay, well, we're going to build around that. We're going to build around that. And we're going to make you super, super strong. And, you know, wait till you get, you know, back to where you were, you're going to be even stronger than you were before type thing, which is super exciting too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, I mean, it, it's, we want to get people moving and, 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 and as movement as movement instructors, the net result of our work should be more movement, more right? movement. Like, like whatever we do, like we should create more movement. And in, in what you just said there of like, what can you do? You could say the same thing about someone with a condition. You can say something, you say, say the same thing about someone who's just deconditioned in general. They're mm -hmm. like, I can't lift my legs up, right? Tabletop. 
for example, mm-hmm. because that can be like a killer for some people. So oh, yeah. You do, right? That's, that's just fundamentals of motor learning. It's mm. crazy early success. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then, so I kind of mentioned to you, um, like, like what I felt like Pilates was in the sense of like the, the gen, like, like going to like the genesis of the exercises, the thought behind it and things like Mm. that. And then it's always nice. It's always really interesting to hear other people's perspectives. And so like, what is like Pilates mean to you? versus athletic-based Pilates, or are they the same? For me, yeah. I know that the movement patterns aren't the same, but I think that um, I think that what you get from, from doing those things can be the same. So Joseph Pilates, I think he said it was complete coordination of body, mind, and spirit. And I really love that. I really, really love that. I love that you can get into a flow state via movement and you are, I say to my clients at the beginning of class, let's get out of our heads and into our bodies, get out of our heads and into our bodies. For me, athletic Pilates, you know, classical Pilates, it's all the same in that we are getting out of our heads and into our bodies and it's the coordination of body, mind and spirit. And I know that, you know, sometimes, um, you know, cardio can get a bad rap and, and that sort of stuff, but you can get into a flow state. Like Thich Nhat Hanh, he said, you know, anything can be a meditation, anything. Doing the dishes can be a meditation. You know, doing movement in this mindful way, in this mindful way where you are fully present, fully present and you're paying attention constantly to doing what you're doing and refining what you're doing, refining, refining, iterating, iterating. That is what, to me, Pilates or athletic Pilates is about doesn't matter what suit it is wearing it's the same for for me it is it's the same it's coordination of body mind and spirit and full attention full mindfulness being present um, in what you're doing and doing it the best you can possibly do for yourself at that time that's that that's what it is for me yeah, absolutely. And, and I, and I love how you mentioned, how you can find like a meditation in, in anything. And I love, I, I love getting cardio, not a, not a marathon or even a half marathon. I'm talking like a good, like five miles. Like I'm good. Like I don't, right. Um, so just want the benefits. Right. But, but there's a lot in that of like, you know, just like your peace is your power and you can find peace in any movement and you can do that in cardio, right. Cardio for me is very meditative. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but Pilates can also be that way. And I think at the end of the day is like, if we really value client centered care, yeah. we have to listen to the clients and, mm. and, and, and provide them stuff that they one desire and then that, and, and also what they want and what they want isn't always what they say they want. That's like, right. I want a stronger core because of back pain. No, you don't want a stronger core. You want reduced back pain. That's yes. That's an easy example. Yes. And, and it's and when we when we when we just kind of stick to like what we believe as Pilates or what we you know, that, like that kind of stuff, and we don't adapt, that's instructor centered care. Mm. And, and, it, and it's not intentionally harmful or anything like that. But I hope that's something to take from this, um, even though we're talking about athletic based Pilates is the value of client centered care and really giving them a version of Pilates that they are benefiting from that they identify with and that they like. And for some people, that's going to be 
athletic based classes. That's, that would be mine. Like I'll come to John's class any day. Cause I know, I know I'm not in for a meditative experience. I don't <laughs> meet John Gary. Is what I, what I yes. meant was like, I, like, I used to love his classes. I was like, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Yeah. Um, Cause he's, that's, he's just that kind of instructor. And I really appreciated that. And there's someone out there for everyone and anyone listening, just be yourself. And like those who mind don't matter. Yeah, yeah you know, I, no, I agree. Like, I just think there's space, there's space for, for movement, there's space for variety, there's, there's space. So I don't think we need to, you know, diss each other. I think we just need to embrace and make space for variety. And, 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 and we all love movement, right? We're all movement enthusiasts. We all, we all are, I'm obsessed with movement. I, movement is my home. It's going home. Um, I think someone said to me, they were kind of having a bit of a go at me online the other day, but I just didn't take it that way. They said, oh, well, what is Pilates to you then? And I said, it's a return home to self. That is, that is Pilates. A return home to self for me, and I know it is for my clients as well because I can see it. I can see it as it happens, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I just feel like there, there is space. No, no barking. Sorry. <laughs> there is space for variety. There's, there's space, and I, I think we should embrace each other and love each other because life is short. It's too short. No, absolutely. And and it, it's one of those, like, I would love to say, like, let's just get the whole community together and we'll all be friends and there's going to be no conflict, but that's, you know, it's yeah. also, that's also not, not true. And as much as like, what I would just give the listener, like advice from my years um, around here is that, there's such value in finding your tribe and that stay authentic to yourself and don't try to, you're not missing anything, right? Like you're like, you you know, if, if, if you're like, Oh, you haven't gone deep enough or you're being rejected in whatever tribe, like you just got to move to another tribe where, where there are people out there in the community that are accepting uh, to you. Uh, Evidence-based Pilates is accepting to any Pilates instructor that's willing to learn Mm. uh, and things of that nature. So I just want to, that put that out there uh, for anyone listening is to be authentic. Like if you like athletic based stuff, do it. If you love classical stuff, do it. If you like contemporary, like go ahead and like whatever and, and just help as many people as possible because you make a difference. Um, but but I am um, aware of our um, time camp. And um, for any instructor um, listening, uh, what would be like one thing that you'd want them to take away um, from our time together? From our chat, um, I, I, I really think that we need to, um, okay, as well as we need to embrace each other in our, all of our diversity and all of our different styles and all of the, the, the modes, the different modes Pilates has taken, we need to embrace that. But also we need to not set limits on ourselves. You know, just because these exercises were invented, you know, by Joseph Pilates, who was an utter genius, why do we need to stop there? Why do we need to limit ourselves and say, okay, so this is all we can ever do now, ever? Because in other other fields, you know, science and technology, we evolve from one thing to the next thing and we grow. And it doesn't mean that the original thing wasn't good. It just means that over time evolution happens, right? Evolution happens. So I think it, I really think it, it can be okay for us to explore, um, to explore what we can, you know, what our bodies can do without limitation, I think, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, and beautifully said, and it's, it's not disrespectful 
to con to to anyone for you to continue to grow in in authentic ways and and I, I would just encourage that for anyone to grow in any way that um, that inspires you and mm. that um, you know I, I I would just for me I I have found so much value in detaching from needing the approval of Joseph yeah. Pilates um, yeah. to do them to help my clients and but that's not disrespectful. It's, no, um, not at all. No, it's, it's not disrespectful. It's very respectful, but it's also like, you know what, but I'm, I'm okay. And I have a lot to offer too. Absolutely. No. Um, and, and with that cam for any listener who would like to, um, get in touch with you, how can they, uh, contact you? Oh, well, I'm always, I'm always on my Instagram athletic Pilates Sydney. So you can always, always hit me up there because I, I basically live at the studio and I'm either teaching or I'm in someone's class. I love doing other people's class, so I don't have to do the thinking, you know, or I'm um, filming content. Um, yeah, you can, can contact me there. Um, I, I'm very responsive. I, I love to chat um, and I love to hear other people's ideas and um, and to connect with other other people um, who, who are also loving movement as much as I am. All right. And all of Cam's information is also in the show notes. So if you didn't, you know, fog up a mirror and write all the information on the mirror. Don't worry. It's in the show notes. It's just one click away. It was awesome to have you on the podcast cam and to all the listeners have an incredible rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me.